Do you ever wonder if your life really matters? Pastor Rick says God has a good plan and purpose for your life. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we bring our series called Live Your Calling, What on Earth Am I Here For? to a close. Rick will bring it all together for us with a final look at discovering God's unique purpose for each of our lives. This September, when you join our Partner in Hope family by signing up for automated monthly giving, we'll send you a special welcome gift as our way of saying thanks. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called, Why God Made You. Now let's just review. Remember, you're gonna love God in heaven, you're gonna worship in heaven, so God wants you to practice here. You're gonna, you're gonna love other people in heaven in fellowship with God's family, so God wants you to practice loving people in the family of God here, real people. You're gonna grow in heaven, so God wants you to grow, learn to grow like Jesus here. In heaven, you're gonna serve God. What's he want you to do here? Practice. So again, when you get there, you already know how to serve God. See, a lot of people have this false idea about heaven. They think that you're gonna sit around and do nothing in heaven. You're just gonna sit around and do nothing. Boring. No, you're gonna do stuff in heaven. You're gonna serve God in heaven, but you're gonna love to do it. In fact, let me just say this. Everything you've learned about heaven in movies is 100% wrong. There has never been a movie ever made that got heaven right. None, zero, nada, zip. Every movie that has ever been made about heaven is wrong. Not one is right. How do I know that? Because the Bible says nobody understands how cool heaven is. The Bible says it's so cool you can't even imagine it. The Bible says it like this. Eye has not seen No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even imagine how cool heaven's gonna be because it's like an ant trying to understand the internet. You don't have the brain capacity. Here on earth, we're limited to three dimensions. And we understand three-dimensional thinking. What if there's four dimensions, five, six, seven, eight, nine? What if there are dimensions you don't even know about because your brain isn't big enough in a human body to understand that? How do you explain that? That's why in the Bible, when they try to explain heaven, they use metaphors like streets paved with gold. They're not gonna be paved with gold. They were just thinking of the, the biggest, most expensive way, the coolest thing they could think of. When you, go, when you see a movie about heaven, first, heaven is always white. Everything in heaven is white. Are you kidding me? The God who created rainbows, sunrises, sunsets, the colors of all the clothes we're wearing and the ability to see color, he's gonna make heaven total white? Not a chance. Not a chance. And then it's on clouds. Where did that one come from? That's not in the Bible. And, and you walk around like in fog up to your feet. So you know what I'm talking about? So you can't even see your feet. How do you, how do you tie your shoes in heaven? You know, if, if the fog's up to your knees, that's stupid. And then, then you wear a white robe, you have white wings, and you play a harp. That would be hell. I can't, if that's heaven, no thanks, I don't wanna go. 
Really, no thanks, I'm not interested, I like the beach a whole lot better. Now, this world is broken, it's full of sin, and it's still cool. There are some waterfalls and, I mean, unbelievable sights. I've seen them around the world. And the God who made this, and this is broken. Imagine the perfection. We can't imagine what heaven's going to be like. But you're not going to sit around and do nothing in heaven. You're going to serve. So as I said, God wants you to practice serving God so you're not a doofus when you get there. You know how to do it. Now, you say, well, how in the world do I serve a God who's invisible. I can't see him. Good point. You're going to see God in heaven, but we don't see him here. So how in the world do I serve an invisible God? How do I do that? Well, the Bible says we serve God by serving others. Here on earth, the way you practice serving God is by serving other people. Jesus said, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And the Bible says, even if you give a cup of cold water to somebody in Jesus' name, he says, that's like you just did it to me. We serve God by serving others. Jesus said, you can't say you love God and hate your brother. The Bible says, if you say, well, I don't want to serve other people, you aren't really serving God. You cannot say, I don't need these people, I'm not going to help these people, and then say I love God at the same time. It's just not true. It's a lie, he says. So God made us to serve God by serving other people. Now notice this next verse, 1 Peter 4.10. It's talking about using your talents to make a difference in the world, to make a contribution, to make an impact. This is your ministry or your service in life. God has given each of you, the Bible says, some special abilities. Be sure to use them to make a lot of money. No, to help each other. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessing. God has given you your shape, S-H-A-P-E, to use to benefit the world, to make it a better place, and to practice serving God by serving others. So write this down. The fourth purpose of my life is to serve God by serving others. And when you do what you're good at, mechanically, musically, preparing a meal, Whatever you're good at, whatever you love to do, and you do it in Jesus' name to help others, God says you're practicing serving me. The purpose is to serve God by serving others. One of the most dramatic examples of serving God by serving others, or serving what I call the undeserving, is the story of Ashley Smith. Some of you don't even remember this because you were, you were too young when it happened, but in 2005, on March 11th, 2005, there was a, a, a guy, a criminal in Atlanta named Brian Nichols who was on trial. He'd been arrested and was on trial for rape, and he was in an Atlanta courthouse. And somehow in the courthouse, he grabbed the gun of the deputy in the courthouse, shot the judge, and killed him in front of everybody shot the court reporter and killed him, Uh, shot the deputy, and then shot, later shot a federal agent, killed four people and escaped. And there was a massive manhunt all over Atlanta trying to find uh, Brian. And Brian Nichols was his name. 
And they were searching, it was world news. I was in Africa working in an AIDS hospice when I heard about Brian Nichols and how they were doing this massive manhunt trying to find this guy for days. And one of the, one of the ways he avoided being uh, found out is he took a young woman hostage. He kidnapped her, took her to his, her house and tied her up and put her in the bathtub. And her name was Ashley Smith, I know her. And Ashley Smith thought, I'm gonna be raped and I'm, I'm gonna be killed. And started this ordeal. Now, it just so happened that Ashley had just started attending a, a church in Atlanta that was using Saddleback's Celebrate Recovery Program. And she was a, she was a meth addict. And she had started going to Celebrate Recovery in a church. And somebody had given her a copy of Purpose Driven Life. And so she was reading it and it was laying around the house. And over the hours and hours and hours that she was held captive by this Brian Nichols, she began to talk to him and he saw the book and she said, can I read it to you? And he said, sure. And so she opened to the chapter she was reading, which was chapter 34, thinking like a servant, you're shaped to serve God thinking like a servant. And she began to read it, and he asked her to read it aloud to him. And as she read it, she made a decision in her mind, I may lose my life, but I'm gonna serve this guy. I'm gonna serve the undeserving. And as they began to talk about it, he began to soften in his approach. He untied her. He led her out of the bathtub. And then she fixed him breakfast made him pancakes and he commented on, you gave me real butter. And then he kind of wanted to do something for her and so he hung her curtains. And this whole time he's holding her captive. And he kept saying, read me more, read me more of Purpose Driven Life. And finally, in reading this book to her, she convinced him to let her go and to let, she called the police, they came outside the house and he came out and turned himself in without incident. Imagine you're a young Christian woman, Ashley's age. You get kidnapped by a guy who's just murdered four people. He ties you up in the bathtub. You're more likely to be thinking about your fear rather than serving this guy, cooking him pancakes. But it was in her servant-heartedness, serving the undeserving, that she was most like Jesus. She gained her own freedom and protected her life. There's one more purpose that God has you here on earth for. You were planned for God's pleasure so you're to learn to love and know God. You were formed for God's family so you're to learn to love other people in the family of God, in, in the church family. You're created to become like Christ so you're to grow up spiritually. You're shaped to serve God so you are to serve God by serving others. There's one other thing God wants you to do on earth. God made me for a mission. God made me for a mission. God puts you on earth first to know him, then to learn some things, then to become some things, then to do some things, and the doing part is called your mission. Jesus says in John 17, verse 18, in the same way that the Father gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. God puts you on this planet to make a unique contribution. It is my job as your pastor to help you 
be, get prepared for your ministry and your mission in the world because one day you're gonna stand before God and he's gonna say, what did you do with what I gave you? You're gonna answer to God one day for what you did with your life. What did you do with the talent, the ability? Well, I made a lot of money, retired and died. Uh, wrong answer. Acts 20, verse 24, Paul says this. I consider my life to be wasted unless I use it to complete my mission and finish the assignment that the Lord Jesus has given to me to tell me the good news about God's grace. Now, I don't have time to get into this, but the bottom line is that God has a mission and a message that he wants to explain through you to the world. You have a unique life message and a unique life mission. Proverbs 19, 21 says this, we can make all kinds of plans, but only God's purposes will last forever. Question, what are you following right now? Your plan for your life or God's plan for your life? Huh? You following God's plan or are you following your plan? You following your plan? How's that working for you? You feel pretty fulfilled, pretty satisfied? Feel like, man, I'm really, my life is exactly what it was supposed to be. The Bible says only God's purposes will last forever. You know what the problem with most people is today? Their dreams are too small. Their dreams are too small. The biggest dream that most people have is, I just wanna be happy. I just wanna live the good life, really. And we define the, the good life in Southern California as looking good, feeling good, and having the goods. There's only one problem with the good life. It isn't good enough. It doesn't satisfy. There are thousands of people in Southern California who look good, feel good, and have the goods, and they're miserable. I talk to them all the time. Because you were made for more. And at some point, you put your head down on the pillow at night, and you go, there's gotta be more than this. There's gotta be more than the good life. And the reason you think that is because there is. There is. You were made for so much more than you're living right now. So much more than you're living right now. You were made for more than the good life. You were made for the better life. The Bible says this, 2 Corinthians 5, Jesus included everyone in his death so everyone could be included in his life. A far better life, there's that word, better life. Not the good life, the better life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. The good life isn't good enough. You were made for more. You're made for the better life. The step up of fulfilling God's purposes for your life. You say, how do I get that? How do I get to the better life? The Bible says this in Psalm 34, eight. Open your eyes. Open your eyes and see how good God is, how much he loves you. Blessed are you who run to him. I like that word run because here's the point. If all of a sudden somebody told me that there's a better life than I'm living right now, I'm in, I'm in, I'm not gonna wait. I don't think about it, I don't procrastinate, I don't delay, I don't say one day I'll check it out that there might possibly a better be a better life than I'm living right now. No, I'm gonna run. I, if, I, if somebody tells me there's a better way to live than I'm living right now, I'm gonna run to it because I decided a long time ago I'm not gonna waste my life. You may waste your life, but I'm not gonna waste mine. And if there's a better way to live, then I'm gonna run to it. And how do you run to it? Open your eyes and see how good God is. Now, if I could only 
um, teach you one thing. If I only had one message to preach in my entire life, it would be this. Open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes to the goodness of God. Receive the love of God. No man will ever love you. No woman will ever love you like your creator does, like Jesus Christ does. And to go entirely through your entire life disconnected from your creator who loves you that much makes no sense at all. If somebody was willing to die for you, wouldn't you want to know about it? If somebody loved you so much they died for you, wouldn't you want to know them? Somebody did die for you. His name is Jesus Christ. And he died for you to pay for all the things you've done wrong so you could live a life of purpose. Formed for God's family, planned for God's pleasure, created to become like Christ, shaped to serve God, made for a mission. And my plea to you as your pastors, do not waste your life. Decide right now that for the rest of your life, you're gonna give the best of your life, not to your girlfriend, not to your boyfriend, not to your job, not to something else, but to God and his kingdom. Because you weren't put here for all those other things. You were put here for these purposes and to ignore them is an enormous waste of your life. It is no accident that you are here this weekend. God knows that you've been frustrated with your life. He knows your hurts, he knows your sadnesses, he knows your fears, he knows the turmoil that goes inside of you, he knows the loneliness you feel when you put your head down on the pillow at night, he knows the, the insecurities that you feel that you don't want to admit to anybody else, he knows all of that. And you may have thought, there, there's gotta be a better way to live, there is, I just taught it to you, there is. I call it a purpose-driven life. I don't care what you call it. Just do it. Become what God made you to be, the man God made you to be, the woman God made you to be. Matthew 11, Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then come to me for a real rest. He's not talking about religion. He says a relationship. Come to me for a real rest and you'll recover your life and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And who is this invitation available to? Next verse, Acts 10, 35. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and you're ready to do as he says, the door is open. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are from, what's your background, doesn't matter what you've done, who you've done it with, or how long you've done it. Makes no difference what your religious background is. You may be Buddhist or Baptist or Muslim or Mormon or Methodist or Catholic or Christian or Jewish or Hindu. You may be an atheist or an agnostic. I, I don't care what background, no, no background at all. It says this offer is available to you. And it says it doesn't even matter if you have doubts. Bring your doubts with you. Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. Now at the bottom of your message notes, I've written a prayer to start living 
the life that God created you to live, the life of purpose. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to read this aloud together. So here's what I'd like to ask you to do. Bow your head right now, but keep your eyes open. And I want you to look at your notes and read it. Now, if you don't have the notes in front of you, look up here on the screen and read it. We're gonna pray this prayer aloud together. So you can bow your head and read it in the notes, or you can look up here on the screen. Let's say it together. Dear God, everything you created has a purpose, including me. I don't wanna miss my purpose or waste my life or live it disconnected from you anymore. Instead, I wanna become what you designed me to be. Starting today, I wanna follow your plan for my life, not my plan. You made me for a relationship with you, so I wanna get to know you and love you and trust you. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sin. Help me to understand that. I humbly ask that you accept me into your family forever. I want to grow more like Jesus every day, and I wanna use my life on earth to serve you by serving others. Help me to share this good news with others and to fulfill my life mission. I invite you into every area of my life. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. If you just prayed to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, congratulations. You're now my brother or sister in the Lord, and you need to tell somebody, and why don't you tell me? Write to me, rick at pastorrick.com. Just email me, rick at pastorrick.com, and tell me your story. I would love to read it. And by the way, I'll send you some free material to help you start in your new journey with the Lord. God bless you. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive hope and encouragement every day, delivered right to your inbox, then sign up for Rick's free daily devotional by going to PastorRick.com right now. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, over the last couple of years, We've all experienced worldwide changes and events that have impacted us in profound and sometimes unimaginable ways. For many of us, those changes will impact our lives for years to come. Pastor Rick believes that now more than ever, people need God's Word and the hope that it brings. That's why he'd like to invite you to become a partner in hope. Here's Rick to tell you more. One of the reasons that I started Daily Hope is to take the message of hope, not just across our country, but all around the world, to people who need a shot of encouragement, who need the message and word of hope in a discouraging day. And that message can only be found in Jesus. Would you help me with this? I really need your help. I can't do it by myself. And I'd like to ask you to become my partner in the Daily Hope ministry. If you'll make a monthly investment as a partner in hope, you can help me broadcast these life-transforming messages from God's Word, not just here in America, but in podcasts and online and literally all around the world. If you choose to become a partner in hope with automated monthly giving, we'll also send you a very special welcome gift to show our appreciation. 
Go to PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Be sure to join us again next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.